And we're live. Go ahead, T-Rex. You started off. I did 100, I think. Yeah. Well, I'd <laughs> uh, like to welcome everybody to Fans of Power 101. We are here to educate and and, and uh, teach, and, and some, in some cases even learn as well here, uh, all about Masters of the Universe. If you haven't figured it out, I hope for 100 episodes in, then... Um, Better late than ever, I guess. Certainly not going to fault anyway for showing up this this far into the run here. But um, uh, we're we're thankful that you're taking time to listen to us uh, or watch us, you know, via YouTube or eventually on Podbean. But uh, we want to thank everybody for um, keeping this podcast alive and um, enjoying what we have to say and, and keeping the the power of He Man and Shira alive and well uh, in these dark times these dark times when all you can like dark times when you know nothing going on and it's it's nothing but passion of 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 fans all across the world keeping this property alive through buying and trading you know action figures and comic books and posters and buying the cartoons and posting about it and doing artwork and things like that so it's um something to be thankful for that you know uh you know that people are still in their own way, keeping this property alive, you know, when, in all forms of the internet. So yeah, that was a completely out of the out of left field uh, opening for me. I had no intentions of even saying what I just said there. But yeah, no, it, it happens. So anybody who's new to the show, they don't even know who they're talking to. It's like we they haven't heard any names. They don't know who's who. It's just if they're randomly searching for a podcast and found this. They have two guys. They're like one lunatic's wearing a mask. The other guy looks like the Incredible Hulk. They have no clue who our names are, but that's cool. That's that's how it goes. Yeah, well, I like to think that um, of all podcasts that have uh, come and gone or, or are still going, that uh, our our dynamic and uh, personalities are a lot more different than what people have experienced before on podcasts concerning other '80s toy properties or or pop culture stuff in general. I mean, we don't have. Uh, you know, big lavish studio special effects and sound effects and all that stuff. But hopefully what we bring to the table is um, it keeps people entertained. And and when they get done listening to us, it makes them decide, you know what, I'm going to go on YouTube. I'm going to look for old He-Man uh, commercials for the toys. Or I'm going to go, I'm going to go put in the DVD set from volume uh, two, season one, because I haven't watched that in a while. That hopefully, you know, our, our purpose of doing this is, is peaking your is, is picking at your brain you know it's peaking your interest and wanting you to, to, to dig deep get, get on your laptop or mobile device or whatever and start searching for he-man and she-ra stuff sure. you know that's again, it, that's it, what's it's, yeah no, that's we're what here it's to about. Build, feed the hunger and need that you know that uh we're, we're so lacking in new uh media and stuff like that too plus some um, let's you know, give two shout outs real quick in the chat room we have jsp appreciate you being here like always he's he's dedicated he's a dedicated listener he's here he usually every week he's here with us every single week and always leaving us feedback of some kind yep. and we appreciate it. and and we got lewis coronado he said what's up guys well hey what's up lewis we hope you enjoy the show today if you have any questions or anything you want to do or say or ask as we're doing the show feel free to jump in because uh well for again for those who know us who don't know us obviously that's tyler t rex baker and i'm joe amato and this month it's horror month we're going to dedicate all the horror. So we're going to try to find some of the frightening things, whether it's characters or play sets and items and whatever. Ideas. I mean, yeah, we're, we're here to, to keep this whole month as, yeah, like Joe says, has a, 
a fright theme to it. You know, I mean, last year for our, our, the one episode of Halloween, really, we, we talked about the characters that creeped us out as kids from visual designs to characters themselves. And we're going to, you know, man, not really discuss, you know, what scared us. I think as we, we've already done it before, but kind of, you know, elaborate on the characters that, um, you know, speak towards that that kind of aspect of Master of the Universe. And uh, we'll conclude this month with our, our commentaries for House of Shakoti Part 1 and 2 over the last two weeks of October. But, um, and uh, I, I will say, just go ahead and say this, we're live here. Whatever we do after our initial conversation is all improv. I have no idea what Joe has planned. I told him, what else do you want to do? And he's like, I'll get back to you. Yeah, we'll just go with it like always. Because here, so anything that um, outside our uh, first frightful uh, conversation here is is all spur of the moment. Hey, well, so, hey, and even that, even our main topic, it's all you know improv. But at least, yeah, we have a basic idea. But I was going to say one quick thing. You know, we've seen a couple things that came out for fans that you know. Last year, around Christmas time, there was the He-Man ornament from Hallmark. This year, Skeletor finally came out. So it's cool. Everybody can get that for, you know, popping that on a tree, put it next to He-Man. And, you know, it makes me think it's, you know, it sucks that we can't get some Halloween-type items. I mean, I'd love to see maybe a crazy Skeletor-themed pumpkin or some kind of skull base that does something. I mean, I'd love to see Masters of the Universe Halloween-themed things. I know that stuff's never going to happen because all we ever got was what? Just the costumes, you know, back growing up, and they have made newer costumes. Probably adult costumes, you know, like the really bad foam, foam padded He-Man outfit with the inflatable sword, which I have laying over in the floor over here. But, oh, you got uh, it? Wait, you got that? Grab it oh, right gosh, now. he's gonna. I, I didn't know. I was like, I never, I never seen this around. Uh, oh, well, the sword's cool though. I gotta give it to the sword. Well, it's you know, I got it essentially for the sword. I thought maybe I could slice up the outfit and make something out of it, but it's pretty much you know unusable. So the sword kind of hangs around just because it's you know it's inflatable filmation. I didn't realize how gigantic that thing was. I had no clue. I mean, the ones I was seeing at the stores. I mean, well, people were getting at Halloween stores were like. Uh, like you said, the foam type one, not the, is that an inflatable or is that, is that inflatable? It's an inflatable one. Yeah. Yeah. The ones I was seeing at stores were like a He-Man's uh, sort of power and she was sort of protection. I thought they were foamed ones, but, but that came with the outfit you got also. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, it was an awful outfit. It just, it, it just continues to make He-Man look like a joke with how, with the little, pissant costume they put well you together. know what you gotta do tyler for halloween you better do it at one point you better have the he-man outfit on for the halloween episode no, I, or at least I, be- I finally threw that thing away because once i realized this thing is absolutely a joke got an <laughs> way. looking at the package it looked awful but I thought maybe i could slice up the harness and actually maybe wear it but it was it was pretty much unusable so you got I rid of the wig and i finally threw it away just because it was just it was clutter and it's not vintage and it's just junk, and it looks awful. It doesn't do a service to the property. So I kept this, you know, even well, though I would prefer to have a much more, uh, you know, substantial model of the power sword. As find the foam one. Like I said, I think those are at a lot of Halloween stores right now. You can find the foam version of it, and it looks pretty 
pretty cool. I mean, from what I've seen a lot of fans have, and it, it looks pretty accurate. And they were using that with that crazy outfit you were talking about that you threw away, which I know it's not vintage, but I can't believe you threw away a, a Masters of the Universe item. That's, that's kind of let, let, let me just, I, I have made my piece. You know what? In, in this day and age, there's not a whole lot of original stuff that's being made with the He-Man logo or just the He-Man in general that I, I feel like is, wow, I mean, that's mesmerizing. I like, I must own that. I mean, a lot of it is a lot of overpriced stuff that costs an ungodly amount of money for what it is. I'm like, no, I'm not paying hundreds of dollars for that. And a lot of it's just cheap junk trinkets and stuff like that. And, you know, and, unless it is originally from the 80s or even the new adventures of He-Man, um, um, you know, I, I, it's got to be, you know, not that I'm in a habit of throwing away because, you know, but like the like the boxes for the classic figures, I kept those for a while. And I got and I was like, who am I kidding? I hate these bodies, and I get rid of all of them, the boxes and everything. <laughs> I throw them all away. And, I, and that was the first time I actually decided to throw away something human related. Like, I have no regrets because I have no connection to those. I don't well, we already like, know you ripped and burned the Thundercat He Man crossover comic, so we know what well, you did. I, I've never, I've, I had never done anything <laughs> that aggressive before, but I, again, I say that, you know what? It's not doing a service, it's not helping this property in a positive sense it's it was doing a disservice because of bad writing and everything else and it's question just, how much was that a he-man costume that was pretty pricey to throw away wasn't it? isn't that like a 40 dollar outfit no it was like 20 bucks or something like that it, it was i i got it like really close to halloween it's it, like the 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 store just kind of pops up uh in september and goes through october in uh christiansburg and uh mm -hmm. this was like you know uh maybe five, six years ago. And I got it with the intent of maybe slicing up the harness off the goofy padded suit. And maybe I could kind of wear the harness and it just, it wasn't salvageable. It, you couldn't cut off that harness at all. No, it, cause it, it just, it, it, what it was, I mean, it was attached to the phone. So it just would have torn. And I, I'm not a, a seamstress by any means. So I just, it just felt like this is not going to work. And hell, I couldn't even put the damn thing on. It was just for such a, bulky thing it was too small for me and plus oh, real quick ridiculous, you know they, they, huh i was gonna say real quick lewis coronado he said he's had the same problem he says he doesn't know what to do with the boxes for the new classes classic figures so yeah you know what's i had them stockpiled in my bedroom for a while and I, I remember when i started to clear them out i got deathly sick that night and that was on christmas eve and i got really sick the next day of some sort of sinus infection i remember getting a big puff of dust went up my nose because these boxes were just piling up in the corner, and I, I just, I, I got to get rid of this stuff. And, you know, it was just a bad memory and a bad Christmas that year because I got so sick. And I blame that on classic bios because that's the reason I was keeping it for like the card art. I was like, I hate these stories, but I feel like I can't throw away anything he man related. I'm like, you know what? It's not vintage. It's not the vintage card backs. It's not anything that I, I, I treasure and admire and embrace. It's, you know, I'm comfortable with that. You know, I, I really am because I, I feel like I've got so much stuff already in this just in this one room, let alone what I've got in storage. And it, it's really got to be something special for me to want to to go buy it, let alone hold on to everything that came with it. Like, I, I just, you know, I still keep the card backs just because it's something I did from all the vintage ones when I was a kid. So it's like a. I don't know, it's like a memory. So I'm still well, keeping had, the card, had back. card back. Or had the card back art been more prominent on those classic figures instead of the, the very 
you know, white bread card backs with, you know, a little, little teeny dime sized picture of the character on the back with the ingenious bios that were written on there. I might find it a little bit more salvageable, but it was just, you know, there was, there was no heart put into the, that the cards that came with the classic figures front or back. And unfortunately with the ultimates, which I, I didn't get due to the lack of funds at the time. I mean, that had been the only thing so I could keep Axel's artwork. Yeah. Those did you know, it right. I mean, that's, that's that what we should have had. The only thing currently going right now that, that I had, I gotten those, which I had every intention to, but it came at a time where I'm like, it's either pay the bills or get these and then be, you know, crying and hoping to God I don't get behind on, on bills and utilities and stuff like that. I chose to go with get the bills paid. Um, I, I would have, well, pretty much just kept those in package anyway. That would I just would have left them as a nice display piece, but specifically to get Axel's artwork that he did um, for little mini comic things in the card art. And um, I, I, I like to think he's probably doing that with the new, latest batches of classic figures. That I'm that, sure. And that'll make them a lot more dazzling, too. You know, real yeah. quick, to f- reflect back with the uh, the He-Man costume you were talking about, you know, I noticed that we see a lot of collectors love getting those vintage Ben Cooper-style yeah. ones. Like, of course, you know, as a grown man, y- you can't wear them. They're still cool as hell, though, not just because it brings, some, you know, back so many memories with the cool masks and stuff and the look, but it, 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 the collectors really just are embracing to try to grab them, which makes me think, you know, I don't know how something like this would kind of float along with fans, but I wondered if they'd ever release adult-sized versions of those Ben Cooper-style things for big adults to wear. I wonder if adults would even get a kick out of that, you know, just to have some memories, because, hell, if they're collecting them, I wonder, you know, it'd be cool to have that feel of putting the old goofy plastic mask and then all that goofy-smelling plastic rubbery, you know, you know what I mean, how that feel was. That might might actually be kind of cool. I wonder if that would even be something entertaining. I mean, it would be cool amongst, you know, I mean, hardcore 80s nostalgic people, because I, I feel like even grown-ups today would probably be like, what is that? What kind of costume is that? Well, yeah, you're wearing a He-Man mask, but what, what is the rest of the outfit? I almost feel like even people who grew up wearing those costumes, it might be because they don't have that affinity for the 80s. They're just adults going to a party to get, you know, trash. And, you have you to know, be hardcore. You have to be a hardcore type of Yeah, it, it, I really feel like you're catering to a – but, you know, I just saw today on one of the 80s Facebook pages I follow, they, they posted a bunch of uh, pictures of kids wearing the Ben Cooper outfits, Love some of man. which were He-Man and Skeletor pitching some of those pictures. So Yeah. It, not – not, but, I, yes, it would be cool to see that. But um, plus, not to mention how cheap they are. But right. I, I imagine people today would slap a big price tag on because, well, this is representing vintage. So when it's retro, it. they'll do it. You know, they will. They jack those things up, things that would be seven ninety nine. Yeah, they'd or like to take advantage of our tender hearts for a more simpler time. They would, but it'd be cool. I just thought I'd spit that out. Yeah, it would be cool. I mean, because, I, I, I mean, I was, I, I did not, unfortunately, did not get to see the, the Ben Cooper, uh, at least from where I was at. Had I seen them in my area, I would have, when is he, man, or Skeletor, who, or whoever can get my hands on? And having seen that they had done, I think, Stonedar and Rock On. They did Bank- one of them. I think they I think did Stonedar. Yes, Stonedar. Yeah, Stone yeah. Had I seen Stonedar or Horiak, I mean, I'd have been all over that to, to, to have went one Halloween. But you know, my, the you know, I ended up going as a G.I. Joe, like just a generic army guy but i called myself gi joe to coincide with the toy line i went to the karate kid one year and then i went as a a really bad punked out version of of a vampire my dad i mean my mom made me wear this big heavy acid wash denim jacket and 
and I got the plastic cape. And <laughs> she like, moosed, my, moosed my hair up. And I got these these sad looking black or uh, blood stains going down my mouth. I'm like all punk and mad because I have to wear a jacket. I'm thinking, what kind of vampire walks around in a denim jacket? You hated that because anytime it was around Halloween, I hadn't seen the Lost Boys. Had I seen the Lost Boys at a young age, I probably would have like. Yeah, I could roll with that. I could wear my big denim jacket outside and, and Halloween trick or treat, but I was only aware of Bella Lugosi's type vampire at that time. So, oh yeah, it, it, what's strange is I do remember that the, the Ben Cooper style ones. There was the only time I ever felt cold wearing those because they were so thin plastic. And you're right; if you didn't wear a jacket, you were going to be cold. But sometimes you had to. Well, most, most parents are going to—they're making their kids wear jackets to cover up the whole your entire outfit. Right, you can't see nothing. It wasn't until later when you became a little bit older where you got the other outfits to wear. Maybe you could have a, well, like if you were Freddy Krueger, you had a sweater, so underneath the sweater you had some other, you know, like clothes to cover that. But yeah, those those Ben Cooper ones, they were just so thin and almost like Lewis said in the chat room, he said they were like some kind of bad pajamas with a plastic mask. Yeah, they were yeah, like wearing pajamas. They were pretty much. <laughs> they were, but, well, that was a quick little side rant about some of the Halloween costumes and things, but now we'll get to our, our main discussion. And we figured we'd start off with something we haven't talked about yet. And that's the Fright Zone. And that's the Fright Zone from multiple type of versions. So which version did you want to start off with, Tyler? Probably have to start out with uh, the playset because I think that's that was the, the – even though she came out in 85, the playset came out in 85, I kind of feel like it, it's best to start with the playset because I, I, I feel like, you know – I still, I don't see it a great deal. I know Joe has verified this in private conversation that the, the this particular place, it doesn't get a whole lot of respect, but it also has a lot of fanfare as well. And um, it, it, it does. I, I've never understood the, the negative uh, uh, reactions and feedback I've heard about the place because I, I didn't have it as a kid. I, I remember just seeing in pictures on the back of the mini comic. Uh, and inside uh, the Hordak mini comic as well. That was the only times I ever I had ever seen it, and you would see it referenced in in other you know uh, books and things like that. But I, I I just would look at the back of that mini comic and just wonder, oh man, this place it looks so cool. Like how does the monster work? And it's got a prison. I mean, I, I was so just from this little picture on the back of that mini comic, it it, it was so impressive to me. And I it would be. I was in high school before I actually obtained that fright zone from some uh, strange, uh, a kid that I bought a bunch of his He-Man stuff from and got the fright zone. Everything was included. And I, I thought, wow, this, it was an, still to this day. I think it's a very underrated place in general. It, it really is. Yeah. You know, and basically what you see is what you get. But from what I've seen from a lot of fans, you know, it's, it's a couple reasons where I hear people say they don't like it. First, there's the fans that say it looks nothing like the cartoon. That's just one. Well, there goes that. The other is they say, even though it doesn't look like the cartoon, what we got wasn't enough. With Snake Mountain, you had the front and the back, and it opens up. There's stuff inside. With Castle Graceful, you have the front, back, open up. There's stuff inside. But this 
there's nothing to open up. But here's the thing about it. That's the appeal. I, I didn't ever question, hey, it didn't look like the cartoon. Hey, it didn't open up. You had one hell of an imagination when you were a kid. And what, what was not to like about this? First, you get to control the crazy dragon as this puppet, as long as people survived, which mine did. A lot of it may have rotted throughout the years. But you had this cool rubber puppet that you would become this dragon that would come out of the hole and grab any of like the heroic warriors who got trapped in this rock. I love this rock trap. I mean, I love yeah. it. So they get trapped and I used to, you know, enact He-Man get grabbed and sucked into the fight zone. And then if they were like going throughout the top, you know, you know, around the trees and the band, the tree feature that grabbed you. And then you had a jail cell. It's like, what was there not to like about that? It's so simple, but it's right there in front of you. You can interact with everything. Everything you see is, is interactable. And plus, it's cool. It is frightening looking. It's the fright zone. And yes, again, it looks nothing like a cartoon, but that's the appeal. You know, I love how, I mean, did Snake Mountain look anything like the cartoon, you know, and did we question these things? You know, I love the differences from cartoons to toys. And I just absolutely, the fright zone was, I got a lot, I got an enjoyment out of all of them. But I couldn't see why how anybody could hate that. I think a lot of people who maybe did hate it, maybe they never bought it, and maybe they were just again just going by what they see. They're seeing, seeing it looks nothing like the cartoon and doesn't open up. But if you guys don't have that vintage fright zone, I'm telling you, it's well worth it. It makes one hell of a display piece with the rest oh, of your vintage. Lord, yes. Yeah, like I said, it just displays well. And plus, I mean, if you have some kids, you got you know nephews, nieces. Or heck, you just want to have a little fun one day. I mean, it's a fun playset. I, I used to play with it a lot. I mean, yeah, I played with that a lot. You know, I think the most I played with was Eternia Fright Zone. And, well, then I go to Snake Mountain Castle Grayskull. It's crazy sounds. Once I got all the playsets, even though I loved Castle Grayskulls being the Fortress of Power, obviously, I looked at the features of the other playsets just where, with gimmicks. You know, I, I love that microphone on Snake Mountain. Every kid loved making their voice, you know, sound wicked and echoing. And of course, Eternia, that's self-explanatory, how insane that place that was. But that had, um, I think, more fun play value than, uh, you know, some of the others, honestly. But it's just, it just looks so simple, but it, it was a great playset. Well, I mean, I, I feel like, too, that when it comes to the playsets, though, I mean, people act as if, like, they have got you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of, of features where I'm like, all the playsets essentially, even as big as Eternia was, they're all pretty simplistic. I mean, it's not like, yes, you have the big monorail and the, 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 the rear side of Central Tower has an elevator and multiple levels, you know, with a little something on each one. And that's it. You know, Viper Tower has nothing. The Grisco Tower's got the, 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 the jail cell. Snake Mountain is pretty much the exterior. I mean, as a kid, I I, I didn't question nothing. I was so thankful to have Grayskull and Snake Mountain. Snake Mountain doesn't have you know doesn't have anything on the inside of it. You have to use your imagination, and I did for that. Um, mine didn't have the microphone because I got it secondhand from a, a lady that my mom worked with, and she was giving the stuff away to my mom to give to me, and I didn't have the microphone. So, I, but everything else is intact, and I I, I, I thought it was great. I mean, this is where Skeletal and Evil Wars hang out. Grayskull pretty much came in intact, and uh, uh, and I, I had a blast with the elevator and the trap door. You know, I mean, everything is simplistic. I think people are kind of, you know, because it's Grayskull, I think, well, wait a second here, people. It's no more simplistic in its uh, design and setups and accessories than the Fright Zone is, than Eternity is, and Snake Mountain. They've all got, you know, 
two or three special features that, you know, are a little bit interactive from like an elevator to trap doors and things like that. A giant snake, you know, I don't really feel like one outweighs the other. Like the fright zone has got the beast monster puppet. It's got a trap to, uh, to trap people's legs. It's got the jail set in the tree that's supposed to grab prisoners. Yeah. You know, snake mountain has got, you know, a little hole for them to crawl through to get down to the bottom of snake mountain. It's got the snake, the microphone and a trap door. They have all, you know, they pretty much have. I mean, like when you look at Castle Grayskull, you're looking at the front, you're looking at the back, but there's nothing to interact when you look at the facade of it, except the, you know, jawbridge opening. You have to go inside to look to enjoy it. Then here comes Snake Mountain. Snake Mountain got a little funner, though. They have the bridge that connected when you open it up. You can have your character, like, stuck by the chains on the outside. You see the snake moving around. You have the door at the top. You had the thing to crawl in. So it started getting more involvement, but still, it's a cool to look at the front but it did give you some display but when you get the front zone there's nothing in the back to hide behind to look you have it right there what you're looking at is all the interaction so it's interaction right from looking at it and it's cool as hell as a display so it's it's right there has it all see it makes me think like the fright zone let's say it looked like the cartoon which the cartoon fright zone just looks fantastic anyways yes yeah. in the cartoon it looks amazing and yes when you get inside you got hordak with his his throne and you could picture the, if they had it like from the the toy aspect you would have to be going from in back you would have the facade in the front and I can, i'm sure they'd have a trap door for mantana and everybody to go down but again you're stuck with a beautiful front display. And then if it was a toy, you'd have to go to the back to play. So the Fright Zone, as from the cartoon, I don't know how that would have transitioned well into a toy. I mean, I'm sure it would have made it look, I mean, it, it would have made it work. Of course it would have worked. But I do like the Fright Zone we have, like, you know, which a lot of people have said, hey, what if we got Fright Zone for classics? What we, you know, what would we do? And I love that a lot of people, they're doing the amalgamation, just like with Snake Mountain, how it has the vintage toy along with the cartoon look. They have the cartoon, you know, like front facade and kind of off to the side has the vintage toy. You know, that would be a cool way of combining them both, best of both, you know, both worlds. But I think for what we got as a toy, it was a fantastic playset. Absolutely. Yeah, and it just it, the, the the imagination part comes in as to as to like because you see in the mini comics that that is that is where they hang out like this big rock that houses a large dragon or snake or you know or the beast monster as he's called the tree the prison cell that Hordak and the Horde hang out right there. I mean, you see it in the Hordak mini comic, you see it in the Modulite mini comic. They they don't go around the back. There is no, it's just right there. That is all they, you know, which you can almost, I mean, you look at the Earl Norman poster where it's got He-Man, Mossman, Cyclone taking on the Beast Monster on that mountain peak. And it's got the tree, which you could almost think like, maybe, you know, imagine the rest of it. You could probably build it with a lot of pillows and things like that as a kid. That this is a the, the small part or the exterior of this big, mountainside fortress that the horde hide in but you don't all you can see is this you know brief entrance here you don't know how they get in or out of it other than you know you know being taken prisoner or something wasn't like that even i could be wrong but wasn't the entrance in some uh 
Well, and one of the one many immediate, com- the, the creature follow you, and you ended up inside the fright zone that way. That's what I was gonna say through Which, the creature I, you know, itself. I, I'm like, you know, that's trying to take away the aspect that this monster is gonna try and eat you alive. Is like, no, it's just like the secret. Like, nah, I, 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 I like the idea. That, no, this is a beast that Hordak keeps around as a pet. Um, you well, know, even and, it's kind of like the guardian of the entrance to that fright zone. Yeah, like, well, as a guardian as well, like he's yeah. he's there to you know prevent you know uh, people from breaking in and taking the prisoner that they maybe they have. And I I just like the simplicity of it, and like to think that this is Hordak's base of operations because it's a base that it's it's all you know. I mean, look at this way; it really lives up to the name Fright Zone. We're talking about if you were captured. Someone is coming to rescue you. They attempt to, and then they get trapped in this rock trap on the ground and are devoured alive by this giant <laughs> beast in front of your eyes as you're stuck in a giant, and you cannot do nothing about it except watch your friend get eaten alive. And someone above is trapped in this, uh, you know, tree that has a life of its own that, you know, you just feel like this is what it's supposed to be. It's all these, you know, evil traps and, and devious, uh, you know, uh, I'm losing, I'm losing. Uh, like right you, said, you can envision it, you know, if like how you said, whether it's into the comics, cartoons, it's like it's into something. It's not like it's just sitting out in the middle of nowhere and you go to the back yeah, and it's black. Many comics are like, you know, one of them presents it as this, this base of operations sitting out in this kind of dark area. But yeah, like Joe's saying, you can almost picture that this is one small part of this elaborate mountain peak you know, like you go inside and it's a lot more elaborate with, you know, black pools and, you know, uh, you know, demonic statues and a lot of black magic stuff in there. And, you know, you feel like, you know, you could you could fall into another tr- deadly trap and be, you know, grinded up into small bits or become Grizzlor's prisoner or leeches, you know, that is just like another big, you know, snake mountain, so to speak, on the inside. But. That's where your imagination comes yeah, in. It's I, all about the imagination. I, I wish God I had, had that place as a kid. I really, really do because I just felt like I could have had so much fun um, playing with that thing. I mean, I, um, I don't. I got just the tree on display right now. The rest of it's in storage, and the and the snake fell apart from being in the extreme heat of the attic. Oh uh, yeah, that snakes. Yeah, the, it didn't last much. Yeah. And if I want to, I'll, I'll go on eBay and get me another one, or, or give me a woman on box someday, or something like that. As of right now, it's just not. I still have it. It's just it's not in the best shape. But I, I yeah. Well, I was gonna say we also in the chat room we have Andy Yalsey, our buddy who was on for episode one hundred. Yeah, it's cool. He said he said he agrees with us in our thoughts as an adult. He said, but as a kid, he said he really wanted it inside back and. Like I said, I mean, I could see, you know, when you're a kid, you might have one or more. Me, I just, I just got so giddy with the thing. I just, I had so much fun. I must have, I used that puppet so much, I can't believe it lasted. Like I said, mine still survived after all this time, but, oh, yeah, of course you might want more. That, that puppet, too, I think that, that that was the crowning jewel, is the idea that you, that you as a child can be the monster and, you know, hold He-Man in one hand, and you're sitting there having He-Man swipe the power sword of the battle axe of the beast monster, and, and really playing up this this epic fight where you're trying to rescue Cyclone from the jail cell and then Modulock and Grizzler, they're getting ready to come down from, from down below, come down the staircase and, you know, it, it just it, it just felt like, you know, it was a perfect playset. I, re- I, I mean, I to me, every playset that we got, and I still to this day have not been around any part of the Eternia playset except a couple of pieces that my buddy Matt Sterner has and, 
you know, that's it. I've not seen any of the towers in my, in person in my life. But every playset, though, I, I consider to be perfect. I don't I don't look at it and feel like there was fault because I still have that. You know, I used so much imagination as a kid because I didn't have a whole lot of the stuff, so I kind of had to use. You know, you know, you make up for what you don't have with imagination and and just go with what you got. And you know, I, I wish to God I had experienced my childhood with the fright zone and the attorney play and the slime pit. Slime pit I didn't have as a kid. That that I was aware of and wish I had had as a kid too. But you know, that's the thing. I don't feel like these things had to be. You know. Granted, there were some very elaborate playsets in the 80s, from the USS Flag to Fort Carrion from Brave Star, it, and one of Joe's personal favorites, the Sectar's Hive playset. I wish I would have um, had that. My God, which, that's one of the biggest. Essentially, it was massive. It has the puppet you know, thing with the giant spider tarantula. I don't think there was a whole lot on the inside of it, but it, it still looked pretty damn elaborate from an exterior standpoint. Where this I can't remember. I, I think probably it might Look it up. Yeah, do a Google okay. search for it, and it's it's amazing. And the box art alone, I mean, it just makes it look epic as hell. That's another thing about the Fright Zone. The box art for the Fright Zone playset. Oh, uh, it's if someone if someone in the fan base were to sit there and feel like you know what, of all the playset box art, they felt the Fright Zone was the best. I wouldn't argue it. Of of all the box art that we got, if someone felt the Fright Zone because it's just beautiful. It has a, I mean, we're talking about stuff that relates to the Halloween season. That Fright Zone box art has got a great Halloween feel to it because of the, the dark sky and Skeletor and Man at Arms. Or is it Skeletor? Yeah, Skeletor. Not Man at Arms. Skeletor trapped in the tree and Hordax there kind of, you know, watching it all go down. Buzz Off's trapped. The Beast Monsters attacking him. It's just beautiful, beautiful, stunning artwork by William George on, on, on that. And it's just, um, I mean, it's it's just it tells a story. The box art tells a story, and oh, oh, man, I love that. Well, uh, first, I was gonna say a couple quick things. Louis Coronado, he was talking about he he said the day he got the classics Castle Grayskull, it took him back in time, and he felt the same way he did as a kid when he first saw the castle. So that's pretty cool because it was. I mean, Castle Grayskull the classics was awesome. And then Andy Yousey, he had a couple things. He said first. He said his snake fell apart from attic heat. He said he was crushed to see it disintegrate. Yeah, kind of, that's what happened to mine, too. Yep, and here's something I've heard from a couple other people, but at least Andy can confirm some more stuff. He said first, he said he got the hive castle from in, from Insectoids, and he said he used that for the Fright Zone interior. I, I think he meant the hive from uh, Sectars, but I yeah, we know what you mean. But he says also, not like the cartoon Fright Zone, he said, but... He said, he said, also not like the cartoon Fright Zone, he said, but gave me something. He said the Hive did have a complete inside with different levels and traps, etc. So, well, thanks for sharing that because I've never seen it. Because I've tried to look up a lot of pictures for play sets over the years, multiple times, and I, I all I could remember was the exterior had a lot of stuff. Um, so forgive me on that one, uh, Sectar fan. Just, I know it's epic. I mean, I know that was one of the biggest playsets. I always wish it could was get it. big. Like to see it in scale, you look up, you go on Google and um, just some, uh, look up some pictures of it. I mean, you see, it was a big ass playset. It was really, really big. Yeah, and and I mean, and you said did that um, the puppet creature come with that playset also? Yeah, I yeah, the, the tarantula hand puppet that would come out the bottom of it. Yeah, that that was 
their stuff lasted a lot better. They had very good quality with their creature puppets for sectars. My God, talk about Halloween in a fright feel. If something should have a comeback, my God, sectars should, especially with the, it's just, it's all spooky. Yeah, because I I, 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 you you did General Spydrax in classics form, didn't yes. you? For somebody? Yes, I did. I did General. Yeah, that that I, I would love to see more of of the of that toy line, you know done and you know because i'm sorry i think everything could be classicized i, lo- I mean as, as much that as really could. could i mean that honestly fits perfectly and that was the curse that's what i guess um had was the fall of sectars was that parents weren't quite under or quite sure when they looked at good guys and bad guys they said they all look evil and i think it led to where this it just started going down i kind of sit looking at prince Dacon. i think it's his name right yeah prince uh wait uh no prince uh my god dargon dargon Dargon? Yes. Um, I, I could see when you look at him, I, I think I've got him on the shelf over there. Okay. Um, I, I could kind of see that he doesn't have the most heroic look in his eyes because of the insect mo- motif to him. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel like, you know, of all, you know, ha- having been a, I wish I was old, a little bit older than the eighties, you know, to where I could fully appreciate kind of everything at the tail end, as I've said before. But there was so much competition. I kind of feel like, you know, nothing was really going to trump He-Man, G.I. Joe, and Transformers for the most part. Thundercats picked up a hell of a lot of steam. And a lot of these toylands did get noticed. We still talk about them, but, you know, they, I mean, it was just, everybody was fighting each other from so many toy companies releasing the next big kick-ass action hero with hordes of villains to fight. I mean, I mean, we we could spend an entire podcast talking about the competition that He Man had in the '80s, and not talking about the big flagship ones like GI Joe and Transformers, which is spending the whole time talking about everybody else. I mean, from Supernaturals and Visionaries, and you know, uh, the Inhumanoids and Centurions, Bionic Six. And, and look how sought after they are now, because after years, fans realize, wow, those were cool. But of course, you know, this yeah. is now years later. But Sectars. I feel it's one of the most underrated lines. I mean, I, it's Tim Clark, I believe, who created Sectars and the Boglins. Remember the crazy Boglin things? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, God. Oh, Tyler, you're going to have to Google that. They were these, the, the, like, rubbery, crazy-looking puppet things that you put on your hands. They were freaky. And then he did um, Sectars, where he, he did the design of those puppets, too. Heck, I think he went on to work for Jim Henson, or uh, Designs. I don't know if he still does, but... I mean, this guy was just a genius and way ahead of his time for what he did. And sectars, I remembered. I mean, it had a little more articulation. They were a little mm-hmm. taller. I mean, they were just so damn well sculpted. And those beasts, whether it was the big puppets or the little mini creatures, the ones with a grappling hook or a little pincher one that come at you. Yeah. It's, it's God, I mean, especially nowadays, how people love things that are kind of freaky, spooky, and you know how bad it is cool. You know, we like the bad guys' designs more. Hell, Everything would be good then, because even the good guys look bad. So Sectars is like the biggest no-brainer of a comeback, I think. I, well, I think it would be there's amazing. Some, there's, there's, I can't picture a whole lot of '80s toy lines that I don't think would be deserving of a of a, a comeback with a, with an upgrade of like making them you know, more articulated and more for the collector aspect, where you can pose them a little bit more and they come in elaborate box art and stuff like that. I mean. There's not a whole lot that I feel like, you know, I was glad to hear that, that Hasbro was going to bring back Visionaries in some form. I don't know what the update on that is. but Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, I assume it's probably going to be some sort of collector's line, but they, I think they announced this past summer 
that they were going to do a uh, bring back visionaries to, I don't know, probably in some sort of subscription line or something, I guess. Hell, I don't know. But, uh, but I just felt like, well, that's just one of many, you know, I, you know, when it's, there's, there's so many that I would love to see brought back. And I mean, we, you know, people customize stuff on Joe gets it all the time. I mean, you know, when he's customizing, you know, uh, sectors in, in, in the classic form, I mean, it's, it's this, that's just, he's done silver Hawks. He's done. Yes, man. I mean, there's, there are, people are still, they may not know the property inside and out, but there's certain characters. You remember the theme songs, you remember certain heroes and villains, you know, it's there's, there's so many to pick and choose from. I, 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 I mean, I'm thank I'm so thankful, you know, too, that you know, caught having caught so much of this stuff, you know, only being able to see what you could catch on TV and seeing some of it in toy stores, and to find out that you know, an entire decade of children, you know, caught glimpse of all this stuff and look back on it so fondly, even if it was, you know, like sectars, heavily under underappreciated, but there's still a, a fan base of people who appreciate. The cartoon, which I don't think was, it wasn't. Were they five episodes? There weren't many. There it, were... it was, it, but it had a comic book series. I remember seeing a comic book of that in my kindergarten yeah. class on the bookshelf, and I never could get up the courage to go pull, pull it off the shelf because I thought it'd be fussed at because there were books that we weren't, you know, <laughs> the teacher never pulled from. But it was like an assortment of like story books and stuff, and I remember sectors, and I, I that's. I, I, and I, I just never built up the courage to go pull it off the shelves. Not that she would have snapped at me. I just was scared right. of something I wasn't allowed to, or wasn't told I could look at. But I mean, hell, I, I always thought supernaturals looked cool because of the hologram aspect. You know, these little goals with the hat. You know, the half body, and you take the shell off, and it's this this crazy demon underneath. I mean, just cool stuff. But oh yeah, well, that was but to cool... go back to the simplicity of the fright zone, I mean, there was other places too, like uh, the Fortress of Fangs from the Dungeons and Dragons toy line. Like it looks really cool, but there's not a whole lot to it. But doesn't matter. It looks awesome. It, it's just you could, you know, it shouldn't have to do everything. Your imagination has to take part of it in here somewhere. You know, you, you can't like you're playing with GI Joes. They're not shooting lasers at each other. Your imagination's got to pretend that the red and blue lasers are flying all over the place. So. And I always kind of, love how things come up like that, how they're so different, you know, how the toy can look so vastly different from the cartoon, but works, and you can enjoy them both, because then, like you said, you go to the cartoon, the cartoon's design was fantastic, and the inside of it was. But then Yeah, I, I like the factory aspect, because it just, like, when you, whenever you see a, a shot of the, uh, of the Fright Zone in, in the Shearer cartoon, you hear all these gears. Clanking and, and clanking. Yeah. I mean, it just sounded like this big factory works are going, like, you got horde troopers and different workers putting destructo tanks and bat mechs together and, and building horde troopers on the assembly line and that's why I love the difference. You're right. That's why I love such a difference is when you go to the cartoon, it's more factory, you know, like you said, a factory feel while still being frightening. But then you have the toy is spookier in hell. And then it transitioned into the comics and mini comics. And they took that same design from the toy and it felt scarier. I always said, when you looked at the cartoon, you know, it looked fantastic, but remember, we couldn't have the same kind of fear or scariness as they did in the mini comics. Remember the mini comics? They'd have Hordak looking a little more frightening. Things that happened in some of the comic books seemed more, you know, I guess adult-like to where yeah. it was different from the cartoon. So the comics actually, I guess it worked perfect taking the toys design because the comics just felt spookier. 
But then, you know, the cartoon just, it worked for what it was. I mean, you can't hate the cartoon's design. You can't hate the cartoon in general. I think you can just love them both equally on different aspects. I, I, I as my, uh, at my older age, I'd almost kind of like to have thought of like the Fright Zone from the cartoon was Hordax based on Etheria. And the Fright Zone playset would have been Hordax based on Eternia. And didn't they say that? Didn't they say that um, the Fright Zone was on Eternia for, I mean, I'm sorry, on Eternia for the mini comics version, I, I thought, or one of the stories? I, 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 let me double check because I, I, I'm glad I kept this nearby because I almost thought this was going to come up. Yeah, I could almost like, swear I, that I remember just, yeah, reading somewhere that that version, because I always said, wait a second, aren't they on Etheria? And they were like, no, this Fright Zone that we see from the toy, when you see it, it is on Eternia. I thought I could be absolutely wrong, though, because I, I didn't remember everything. No, 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 no. The place it is on Etheria, just like I thought. Now, is that in every canon, though? Well, see, I, I've all often thought, depending on what Fright Zone they were going to use, that the place itself was on Etheria. I mean, I think even in the uh, the record, look, I'm looking at the module lock one here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to see if there's reference to Etheria as well, because they're they're hanging out, they're playing chess. What about in the Golden uh, Books? Was it like that in all the Golden Books? The gold, the Golden Book of the, the Fright Zone was on Etheria. However, you, you really didn't see much of it. Like, I look at Tila's Secret. And, uh, no, I mean, the secret gateway to Ethereum was through that plant. Because remember, Evelyn had to, make, you know, go to that main eating plant that would take her directly to Ethereum. Uh-huh. And then in the Horde Golden Book, I want to say, I, 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 I think, I thought, too, that that was also on Ethereum. I, I thought most of the, I'm, I'm going to glance at a couple of these other I'm going Horde. bonkers. Man. I'm telling you, I just, maybe it was just one book. I don't know, but I thought. Well, I, I, I'm sure that they, I mean, I. And maybe at some point, because God knows there are so many interpretations of oh, the sure. mythology that sure. they're all over the place. So it's okay to pick and choose. But I, I just I love the vintage place so much. I always felt like it should be incorporated in into the canon anyway. So in in my own personal canon, I like to think that you know to kind of keep staying inconspicuous, uh, inconspicuous. That if Horat comes to Eternia and doesn't want to you know draw too much attention to his rage of attack. He establishes this simple little fortress with this large beast that he feeds or, or keeps intruders out, and you know the it just something. I that's how I thought it was. I mean, I didn't know, but I actually thought it was that way. I thought one was on Eternia, one is Etheria, but well, like you said, I mean, I guess there's different uh, interpretations, and depending on what comic, mini comic, something. Because I'm gonna have to find it now. I just want to make sure I'm not nuts. I thought I remembered well, one story. It, it, it may be, but I mean, that's just kind of something that I, I guess, I had never seen that in any any of the canons, and just felt like you know what, in my eyes, I like them both. I, I think that the the filmation fright zone is a it's a kick-ass, it, I mean, it looks beautiful and stunning, and the, the smoke that's coming up from it, and uh, you kind of feel like that's where all the Horde science goes on, where Hordak has created his, uh, you know, many minions, you know, that's probably where, you know, Catra was created, and, and uh, Modulok, and Leech, or, and the, the assortment of, of characters, like Mosquito, you know, would have been created in that fright zone. Yeah, Hordak can have a summer home. He has one here. He has or, one there. or just like a base of interrogations. Like, you know, know what, you're on Eternia. You don't want to trick. Because I'd like to think, too, because he says right here, the portal's open at, at last, making it sound like this doesn't happen too often, which I take note of this in the He-Man mini-comic that I did with Karsten. <laughs> okay. um, doesn't spoil anything. 
but that's something that I, I play up that this this idea that it it's not it's not easy to get from theory to eternia and um holy crap I forgot where I was going with this where the hell was I you had your Leslie yeah, Nielsen where was I you you the lost Frank Drebin face you know I'm I I had a point to all this what I was going with here and I I lost it again man it's just it happens I I do know that in that one story that came with the Grizzlor Hordak uh, two pack, the vintage two pack. Remember the storybook oh, splash book. Yeah, I know that they got through, got to a theory by eating a silver apple or something. I think that they they ate some kind of apple and that apple transported them to a it, What is that in a book? Um, it's in the this book here. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh yes, yeah, so, yeah, find that. I I swear it was like a. Some kind of silver apple or something. They went to a tree. Like they're taking, taking reverence from the episode Return of Grandmere with the silver apple. Yeah, I think it's a um, silver apple or something. I know they go to a tree, and I thought they got an apple. And that apple tree transported Silver them? leaves. Pick a leaf and oh, carry leaves. it. Each time you stroke it, you will be transported through the gate. So That's a silver leaves, if you keep rubbing it, I guess, <laughs> you know, that, that's it what yeah, I guess you stroke it and you'll appear somewhere else. It, it happens. Well, here, here, okay. yeah, he's here. Here's, I mean, there's He-Man holding the leaf. The portal opens up, and he comes walking towards the fright zone. And then you got, just like that, you would imagine. And this is Bruce Tim doing a good job of this, where you've got Horax just standing there waiting for He-Man to show up. Mantana's hiding by the tree, waiting to attack. Just like what we were saying. You coming, coming to rescue. You got him. You know, uh, you know the rest of the evil horse hanging up top. And you come to do a rescue mission, you get attacked. Yeah. And, and the tree tries to stop him. In. Orko's stuck watching him get trapped by the rock, which is actually a creature in this, a rock creature that grabs people as opposed to just this trap that just snaps shut on oh, intruders. That's cool. And then here comes the beast monster or the dragon. Um, you know, however you want to you call it. Um, I mean, it seemed like the the name. Did slipped. you say that's in the mini comic collection book, or which book was that? In, in in the Dark Horse mini comic collection book, this the Bruce Tim storybook or Bruce Tim uh, illustrated storybook is in here, uh, right after the Horde mini comics, and that definitely must to buy that because if there were some people that thought, "Hey, I have every mini comic. Why do I need it?" Well, now they know they can get that because not many people ever bought that two pack to be yeah. able to read that. And of course, we know that the audio that came with that actually had the filmation voices. That's pretty. Yeah, pretty awesome. and Alan, uh, I think uh, George Shinzo and Alan Oppenheimer were all featured on it. Yeah, so you can Thanks. at least go to YouTube, and I think if you go to YouTube, you can catch that and you can type it. In. And what was the name of the story? It was the um. Oh boy, horde! Uh, I, I, power of the horde featuring He Man and Skeletor. Okay, so yeah, if they type in the power of the horde and they go to YouTube, they yeah, can see it. Those who are not familiar with, I'm gonna hold this up. The cover looks as so. Yeah, and that's a frightening Hordak. Like I said, I always love how Hordak looked in. Yeah, Bruce Hordak. Tim could draw an awesome Hordak. I mean, he he uh, he did a kick ass job, and Larry Houston drew a kick ass Hordak too. So. Yeah, it's never... uh, I mean, and the artwork's beautiful, and every page is, is stunning. It looks awesome. I mean, Hordak just looks like a there's a, there's this this, this um, panel of him waiting for He Man, and Mantana's laying you know lying on the ground waiting on top on top of the fright zone. It has this kind of red tint to Hordak, as if like this red light is shining on him. His teeth are even lit up with this kind of red tint, and his fist is balled up with this red tint. I mean. It just looks like a diabolical badass, you know, is which is why 
He-Man characters should not be used in Geico commercials. They don't look like that and making stupid jokes about the, you know car insurance. What the hell is this country's obsession with car insurance? It's like, for God's sake, you can't turn on the damn TV with Allstate, and you got Geico, and you got the Elephant, and you got the General. I mean... It was like it was like back in the late nineties. There was this obsession with one eight hundred collect commercials. Now it's like, oh man, God, no people aren't about buying food and the latest, you know, phones and apps. It's all about car insurance, you know. And seeing He Man as a punchline in a in a car commercial. Let me tell you this: when we found out that 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 commercial had been hit up, and I I I I don't know how I ended up seeing it because people like, hey, what are your thoughts? Like, oh dear God. It's like I hate Geico commercials with a passion. That they're probably today going other than Taylor Swift and Katy Perry music. You know, it, it, Geico commercials. I mean, they are the menace to society because they're not funny. So I remember I went to sleep on a Monday night. My dad called me at ten thirty, and I didn't see it till the next day. And I called him back. And the next thing is, oh yeah, I was just calling to let you. Know, I, I saw him in on TV last night. He was doing. He was doing what the. I'm like, uh, I'm, and then I knew it was like, it's the guy who commercial. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, I was asleep at that time, and ha- had he called and woke me up to say, "Hey, he means in a Geico commercial." <laughs> ah, that's really cool. Well, two things. I actually enjoyed that commercial more than that goofy, dirty course, dancing I know one. Everybody did. I just I hate Geico commercials because they're not funny. And to see He-Man, it just continues to showcase He-Man's a big joke to everybody. Well, it's just, you know, they're trying to have them do a cool I guess commercial. I'm just taking it too serious. I don't, you know, it, it's... Well, uh, hey, speaking of taking things seriously or not too seriously, um, I was going to say, we had somebody else in the chat room. His name's Colin, and uh, he got a kick out of it. He said, yep, each time you stroke it. So, yeah, he got a kick out of the stroke in the leaf. So, yeah, just... Stroke the leaf, man. You want, yeah, you want to get somewhere in the universe, you got to stroke your leaf. <laughs> that's it, that's it. So, but, uh... Well, man, shit. So, yeah, that, that's been our discussion, like I said, on the Fright Zone, from the toy to how it was in the cartoon, envisioning of how it could possibly be for classics. But, like I said, Horror Month, we're going to be focusing on something different each week and a couple things here and there. So, just like as you've seen, we kind of just, uh, bam, improvised and went off the wall with sectars and other toys. It's, like I said, horror related, spooky, but that's what it's going to be this month. So, next week, we'll, uh, we'll have something else. Well, we'll play set. Or would, it, would you call it a place at night? I don't know if you call it a place set. Um, we'll have a well. It's going to be the slime pit next week's going to be the yeah, slime pit. I mean, well, yeah, the slime pit is a place set. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it's yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a place set. And I mean, you look at price guys; it was always lumped in with the play sets and things like that too. So, no, it's not super. You know, eleven, but that's where and like that's where the kid part comes in. You use your imagination. You look at that beautiful box art. Where's it at? Oh, it does. Well, it's over there. It does. I got an slime pit here. Well, we're going to save it for next week. But yeah, next week will be the anyway, slime I'm pit. I'm just saying, yeah, we'll talk about that next week. And so. we'll have some, uh, maybe a character here and there, too, from the show. Well, maybe plus, there. you know, uh, just to let you know, we will, we, we were intended to do this last year. And unfortunately, the plans fell through, so we, we just waited on it. We have yet to do a character bio on the evil leader of the Horde. Hordak himself, so that'll be coming up this month. We're not exactly sure when, but that that's uh, I don't feel like it's spoiling anything because we haven't done it. You know it's coming at some point, and we figured this month would be the best time to do it. Would, would uh, conquer uh, Hordak. Um, 
do the slime pit. Hell, we could even do Snake Mountain, I guess, if we wanted to. Because yeah, of the, yeah. That's the, I mean, it's a tour month, so we'll be hitting the freaky playsets, creatures, things, Spydor. I mean, we'll, we'll hit, like I said, a lot of different things in general and characters. Yeah, and, and if people have ideas that if if you'd like to see us talk about a certain character from the cartoon that, that you you find like, I mean, that you find frightening, throw us some ideas. You know, we we, we encourage fan and you know participation from ideas and stuff like that. We may not go with every one of them or, or, or certain, I mean, but we encourage it. You know, we like to encourage that, you know, yeah, throw us ideas. You know, we, we like to, to, to do what the fans want us to do too. But um, yeah, we always appreciate know. every bit of the, you know, participation, like everybody in the chat room, from JSP to Andy, to Lewis, to Cullen. I mean, you know, hope you all join us next week too, because we'll be hitting more with the horror stuff. Hey, ask them, it. ask them, ask them right now, the guys that are in there, ask them, Tell us to ask her, ask us a question. Let's let's have these guys participate with us live real quick before we wrap it up. Yeah, if you want, Andy, Colin, anybody that's there right now, if you do have a question that you want to ask yeah, us, give, give us one question a piece there, and we'll we'll answer it here because we, we want to encourage these people who are with us right now that you know they took the time to spend it with us. We're going to make it worth our while here. Exactly, especially after I called out Colin because Colin did say he said calling me out. He said, "Damn it!" He said it was too easy, and he said he does love. He said he loved the box art too. So, yeah. So. Yes. Yeah, if they want to join in, you can. If you didn't feel comfortable asking a question, I understand that. But even if you don't this week, I mean, next week, like I said, when you come to the chat room, come ready. Because you at least know one of the topics. You know we're going to talk about the slime pit. So have some questions that you might be ready for next week and anything else. So, you know, like I said, sometimes hitting them on the spur of the moment. Maybe they're not ready. But next week, if you want. Are you telling that, me they're already letting us down? Did they get up and leave the chat room already? No, they're, they're still there, but maybe they just, uh, you know, it is sometimes just on the spur of the moment, maybe you don't have a question. And I, I completely understand that. So, uh, but hey, we tried. We tra- but, uh, well, Tyler, before we wrap it up is, oh, wait a second. He's like, uh, oh, okay. Well, Colin said his son's, he said, my son is here right now. Oh, wait a second. Andy, Andy said, are there any known prototype or early concept images of the Fright Zone? I thought there was a, was there drawings of a different fight zone, maybe, or? I want to say in, in the, um, I want to say, I thought maybe in the Power and Honor Foundation book, um, I thought maybe there's some early concepts of, of what they were going for. I know the original version of Snake Mountain, the mountainside place that, that was eventually turned into Snake Mountain is in that book, which look, which I wish we had gotten that one too. The big jungle place set that was the same shape as Snake Mountain with yeah, a giant that would have been nice. snake in a boulder and a waterfall. I oh, remember. Boy, that was... What was that dungeon? Wasn't there a dungeon? Was that going to be an extended piece to something? There, there was going to be a dungeon place that it's just it's just uh you know concept art, but it looked really cool too. And they were using the the um, the the drawings of He-Man and Skeletor from the uh, the Trap Jaw, a uh, Menace of Trap Jaw mini comic. The way they're kind of like ducking, ducking away. Mm-hmm. They're using that dungeon artwork. I mean, there was some really cool. It was so cool to know that Mattel had ideas for a lot of smaller places, like the ones that would hang on a doorknob that were like mountain peaks that you had to climb a ladder or a rope to get up to. Wasn't there a treehouse? Like you said, there was that horror thing, treehouse or something. Yeah. Or, yeah, there's. Was that just only shown in the Power and Honor uh, yeah. catalog? Yeah, that's so. the only I've seen. I mean. Years ago, when like Tomart's uh, uh, action figure magazine, they did like a couple of uh, uh, issues releasing a lot of the concept artwork from uh, you know Mark Taylor um, and and uh, some of, some of the other people who worked on the line. But um, I mean, I I don't recall right off the top of my head. Some I, I just feel like I, I feel like I have seen some concept art of the Fright Zone playset, but maybe it's just all in my head here. But it, that feels like I have seen it, but I 
I can't place right off the top of my head what it looks like. I have to, I'd have to pull that book out and look at it again. Yeah, I mean, heck, you know, when you're talking about Andy and he's sitting there asking these questions, I mean, you never know, in a month or something, he might find out that his dad was on a project later. Like, maybe that's why he's asking us, hey, has anybody seen it? Well, that's because you haven't seen it, because my dad owned it, or did it, and I own the only copy of it. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and then he leans back laughing maniacally, you know, just like, you'll have to wait till November here, guys. Right, so, but, uh, okay, man, well, before we wrap it up, like I said, did you have any closing things, anything you want to recommend to people? Um, I was going to give a, a promotion or a promotion or um, a promo for uh, Kevin Sharp's Kickstarter. Um, oh, what's he got going? He's, uh, he's had a project going, it's called um, The Wreckage, and um, uh, Kevin, forgive me, I don't have the, the work with me here, I don't... Uh, Ah, it's in the other room. Uh, anyway, he's got a Kickstarter project of these two comic books he's working with. The artwork looks beautiful. He gave me a, um, a promo piece of the, uh, I think, one of the covers, I think, from the, um, I think, uh, I forgot which one it is, too. Kevin, I am so sorry, dude. Um, oh, that's but, fantastic. You butchered the poor guy. No, we're just messing. I mean, people can, I, I just, I, can I, look I'm totally him up. Right here, because he, he did not ask me to do that, but. Kevin has done some beautiful He-Man artwork. He's worked on some of the uh, uh, the comics uh, that came with the 2002 toy line. Uh, if you go oh, to his, his Facebook, work's amazing. Yeah, I mean he is amazing. Oh, yeah, he's, he's done some some stunning work. Uh, if you go to his Facebook page or his uh, is it Deviant Art or Deviant Art? Deviant. Deviant. He's yeah. got a uh, um, a page on that uh, on that website as well. Of he's done lots of He-Man. He's done She-Ra. Uh, Jeremiah, he did a, a, a beautiful uh, Snake Man uh, uh, illustration for Jeremiah. Um, what do you have on, any links on his uh, on his regular Facebook page? You go to his, you know? just look up Kevin Sharp, S-H-A-R-P-E. Mm -hmm. um, he's got links for his uh, DeviantArt page. And if you go to his uh, uh, photo uh, album, you'll see. He, and he's a big Manny Faces fan. Um, so he enjoyed the segment from Andy last week. So uh, uh, on behalf of Kevin, Andy, he thanks you for that. Yeah, um, 300 people think he's, so he's got a wide assortment of, of He-Man illustrations and, and other uh, Marvel and DC characters on his Facebook page. Um, he does uh, commissions. So if you like uh, some of the stuff that he's done, you want to see him draw something, you know, He-Man or She-Ra related. He's got some beautiful artwork. I mean, he's done, I mean, a stunning Hordak, kick-ass King Hiss, awesome faker, uh, beautiful. Let me, I've actually got some of his art right here. Go ahead. While you're getting the art, I'll at least mention that, yes, uh, over 300 people loved uh, that Manny Faces that Andy, you know, showed us last week out of nowhere. So, yeah, that piece just went virally insane, especially that, when I put it on my wall. That was quite popular. But just to give people a, an idea, this is his Lion-O. There, there you go. Now I can see it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah that's insane. That's, that's uh, insane. I got wow. his trap jaw. Let's see what that looks like. Oh, that's wicked. I like that. I like that blade, too. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then uh, lastly here, I have got his He-Man. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he does amazing work. Definitely check him out. Some samples. He's done some other work for me as well. Uh, I have uh, in my other room, and uh, I just want to promote his work because he does some beautiful work, and he's a big, big He-Man fan. So I, I encourage fans to go check out his Kickstarter project that he's going on. I'm so sorry, Kevin, that I, I, I got that wrong because I, I just – At least they can find it from his page. 
Well, it's on his page too. His Kickstarter yeah. uh, uh, is on his page as well. So if you're interested in checking that out, images from it and everything are, are there. But um, go check out uh, go check out uh, Kevin Sharp's artwork on on uh, Facebook. He's uh, and he's a super humble guy. I mean, he he's he's very um, just a real easy guy to talk to, and he loves his stuff as much as we do. Yeah, he is a good guy. He really is. So, all right, man. Well, um, all I was going to say for me to wrap it up, I was going to tell you where to go. You go to uh, fansofpower.com, go to popculturenetwork.com, go to hemanworld.com, and on Facebook, go to Masters of the Universe He-Man and she Ultimate Fan Group. All great places, all great people. So until next time, have a powerful day. Hey, Ted, where's the corkscrew? That. Oh, there you go. Friday the 13th floor, the final chapter. Oh, man. Love that series. So, kind of tying right, well, into this coming Friday there. No doubt. Yes, for Beyond Red. I watched that. I finally finished that up and got that under my belt, too. So, All right, much man. enjoy. Good. So, uh, well, again, appreciate everybody that joined us. We hope to see you next week. And, well, all right. And oh, a quick uh, update from Carson. The books are being printed as we speak. So people who purchased the Leech Mini comic, they are in the process of being printed as as I'm talking to you right now. So, awesome. So, all right. Closer and closer. So, we thank you, Carson. All right. Well, thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next week. All right. Later.